Welcome to episode 9 of the Boxing Fanatic Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Matias. And I'm going to dive into Showtime's doubleheader that we saw this past weekend, which uh, gave us two pretty good fights. Um, so let me go, let's let's start right now to it. So on Saturday, on the doubleheader we had in Toronto, we'll go with the main event, and that was Adonis Stevenson taking on Badu Jack. Now I made it a point in my previous uh, episode in the podcast that this was probably going to be Stevenson's biggest test uh, coming in, in in a few years now, and it, it turned out to be his biggest test. Um, Battle Jack had, this is, this would have been Battle Jack's second fight at 175. His previous fight uh, after moving up from uh, facing James Aguil was against Nathan Cleverly, uh, and Everyone was interested uh, interested to see how this fight would turn out, and if Jack could really give Adonis Stevenson uh, a, a tough test, and Badojack definitely showed us that he was um, that he definitely belongs in the lightweight division. Um, so the fight ended up being a draw. Um, you know, it, it, it's. It's a it, it was it was a good fight. It, it started off very dull though in the first five to six rounds. Um, not much happened between uh, these two guys uh, ex- uh, except for Adonis Stevenson landing a few punches here and there, uh, doing more than enough to to win rounds. You know, Badu Jack was very hesitant and, and and very you know careful and and not throwing a lot of punches in the first half of that fight, and um, it, it certainly cost him. Uh, the fight, you know, and, you know, Stevenson was able to, you know, die down and not have a lot of um, left in the tank for the rest of the fight. Uh, Badu Jack started score, uh, throwing more punches and landing more punches, you know, after the sixth round. Um, Stevenson landed a nice body punch against Badu Jack in the tenth round. Which, uh, you know, definitely hurt Battle Jack. He wasn't throwing that much. He was more in a defensive net. And then uh, uh, after he was uh, after he was hurt in that round, uh, he came back and, and won the majority of the rounds after that. Um, but the scorecards after that fight was 114-114 two times and 115-113 for uh, Battle Jack. I personally scored it a draw. 114 to 114. I gave the first six rounds to uh, Stevenson and I gave the last six rounds to Badu Jack. Um, after the fight, Badu Jack was complaining about the decision and wasn't too happy about it, but I have to strongly disagree with his take on that because, you know, he, you know, looking at that fight, it looked like he really gave up those f- first five to six rounds in that fight. And, you know, it you can't expect to win 
a fight when you you're so cautious for for half of the fight. You know, and I've seen people give Badu Jack a lot of credit um, for saying they had a good game plan, which was to you know wait at wait it out and and let Adonis Stevenson tire out and you know not get hit with that left hand, which is totally fine. But they did this for half a fight, you know, for six rounds. So you know you can't expect to give up six rounds into a fight. And, you know, automatically think without a knockdown or a knockout <laughs> that you're going to be inclined to win a fight. You know, despite Badu Jack, you know, dishing out more of the punishment in the last half of the fight than what Stevenson was doing in the first half of the fight to Jack. You know, un unfortunately, you know, fights aren't scored based on who hurt the fighter the most in one fight. You know, they're, they're based off you know, a scoring criteria of 10-9 in each round. So, you know, some a fighter could win a fight uh, a fighter could win a round big, you know, a clear decision 10-9 round. Uh, but if he if he doesn't knock down the opponent or anything like that, it's a it's a 10-9 round versus another opponent um, the fighter could, you know, come back and win a very close round and it could be 10-9 and all of a sudden it's a, it's a draw in two rounds. You know, it's just how the scoring criteria is. Um I still think I still give Badu Jack a lot of credit for the way he you know he he fought and 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 hurt Stevenson. You know my my point is is that he didn't have to go to war with Stevenson in the first six rounds. He just needed to throw more punches in order to win some rounds. You know you're you're in a fight and you're in a championship fight. Um, you know you're not gonna win a championship fight by giving up you know half the fight because you're you're afraid of another man's punch. You know, I think he did a good job. You know, I I, I got to give him you got you got to give Badu Jack credit. You know, he was this is the closest Adonis Stevenson has lost. You know, since suffering his first loss. Um, but you can't go complaining about the refs and or, or complaining about uh, the judges on how they scored it when you know you haven't shown much urgency throughout the first six rounds in order to win the fight. Um, there is supposed to be talk of an immediate rematch. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch, um, but I would rather see Oleksandr Vostik, who is the mandatory of the WC, uh, WBC belt, to to fight Adonis Stevenson. I think you know, Badu, um, I'm, I think uh, Oleksandr Vostik has um, you know deserves his shot at a belt already. Um, you know, Vostik has had some pretty decent opponents in his resume so far. Uh, I think he's. I think it's time for him that he deserves his credit and 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 deserves his chance to to win um, uh, to try to fight for a belt, you know. And and whoever wins that fight, you know, can fight Badu Jack next. I feel like that's a a pretty appropriate um, response there, and, and and a pretty you know logical uh, outcome to that. But you know, we'll see what. Mauricio Suleiman, the, the WBC president, decides to do what if they will. He'll allow, uh, he'll grant a rematch or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but we'll see how that goes. In the main event, we had Gary Russell Jr. face uh, Joseph Diaz uh, Jr. in Maryland. This was a split site doubleheader by Showtime. 
and Russell Jr. and Diaz Jr. was the main event of the Maryland card, but with the co was the co-main event of the Showtime card. And um, Gary Russell Jr. won a unanimous decision uh, by the scores of 117 to 111 twice and 115 to 113 over Joseph Diaz Jr. Um, I thought this was a pretty good performance by Joseph Diaz Jr. Uh, this was his, he was a contender at this point before his fight against Gary Russell Jr. I thought, um, I thought he did well and I thought, you know, he proved that he definitely belongs at the featherweight division. Um, unfortunately for him, he probably arguably faced the best featherweight that night. Um, but in contrary, I think, you know, this is a good learning step for, for Joseph Diaz Jr. Um, there were certain rounds in that fight where I felt Joseph uh, Jojo could have done a lot more uh, in some of these rounds to, to win the fight and, and be more competitive, you know, to make it harder on the judges. Uh, I, think, I think from rounds 6 through 9, I felt like, you know, uh, six through nine or six through ten, Jojo stopped. He he wasn't as uh, competitive. He wasn't throwing much. He was walking Gary Russell Jr. around the ring without throwing any punches. Um, you know he had to come in at least jabbing, if not double jabbing here and there, uh, to dis you know to disrupt Russell's timing or or Russell's speed or or, or something. Um, in the twelfth round, you know Jojo put up a great performance there, and, and I, I felt like he won the round and. I also scored at 117 to 111 for for Jojo. If you had it around closer, um, it, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take offense to that. It, I think it was, I think it was a, a pretty clear decision win though for Gary Russell Jr. Um, but you know, we'll see what Golden Boy does with with Joseph Jr. Um, uh, with, with with Jojo Diaz. You know, like I said, this he was he was viewed as a contender. Um, prior to this fight against Gary Russell Jr. So this is, you know, a pretty good learning experience for uh for Jojo. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't I would like to see him back, you know, late summer, um, on an ESPN card, you know, possibly to, you know, start learning, start uh working on his craft. Um look at the fight and see what he could have done better. Cause there's definitely things that he definitely could have improved on, you know, more body punching and so forth. Uh, just being more active and 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 not um, not walking up to fighters and trying to cut off the ring by not throwing out by not throwing punches. You know that's just not how you win fights. Um, you allow your opponent to you know get away with so much more when you come in straight to him, but you're not willing to you know engage or or throw punches along with him to disrupt his timing. Uh, as far as Gary Russell Jr. goes, you know. I'm not sure how serious he is uh, coming back in the fall to fight again. Uh, this is a guy that says that he's, you know, just really not interested in boxing and, you know, um, just doesn't really care that much. But I really would like to see him fight the winner of Leo Santa Cruz and Abner Mars in their rematch. Um, I think, you know, right now Leo Santa Cruz and Gary Russell Jr., you know, and Carl Frampton are probably the three best featherweights right now in the division. Um a close fourth, uh, and, and someone you can add to that list is probably Oscar Valdez. Um, you know, but right now I I like to see Russell Jr. and Leo Santa Cruz fight um, next. Um, you know, 
this is, uh, you know, given that if Leo Santa Cruz wins his fight against Abner Mars on June 3rd, on June 9th, um, you know, these are two guys in Gary Russell Jr. and Leo Santa Cruz that haven't fought yet. You know, they're in the PVC, um, and, you know, there, there shouldn't be an excuse of why these guys should, you know, should not be fighting when they're in the same stable, uh, especially in the same network too as well. So, you know, that's a, that's another good fight to watch um, coming June 9th to see uh, who wins that bout. So, next, uh, coming up next week and, and, and tomorrow, we have um, a good ESPN Plus card that uh, ESPN Plus decided to pick up a big fight in Japan. Um, that's, it's going to be the 100, uh, the debut of, you know, the 118-pound Division for uh, Naoi Inui. I'm not sure if I'm saying the name right. Um, he will be facing Jamie McDonald for uh, McDonald's WBA regular bantamweight belt uh, in Tokyo. I'm really glad that uh, ESPN Plus um, picked up this fight. You know, I think whoever hasn't seen um, Inui fight, uh, if you've seen him on YouTube or whatever, uh, this is a good chance to see uh, him fight live. Uh, the, the telecast is, is supposed to start at 7.15 Eastern Time on ESPN Plus streaming app. So the main event probably won't be um, starting until 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The co-main event will be Ken Shiro and uh, Ganigan Lopez uh, for Shiro's WBC uh, Junior Flyweight title. So um, I think this is a, a really good fight. You know, I, I got to give McDonald a lot of credit for traveling to Japan uh, to face in a way for, for his belt, you know, this fight could have been easily in, 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 um, in the UK, but, you know, props to McDonald for, for going to Japan, um, for this fight. How I think the fight may go is, um, you know, I think, I think in a way is, is easily top 10, one of the best fighters in, in the sport, you know, and I think, I think you can make a really good argument that he's top five, you know, easily as well too. Um, you know, he's a very, really good body puncher. He's a, he's a power puncher too. He's got 15 wins, zero losses and 13 knockouts. Um, in a way is very technically sound. Um, he's, they call him a monster for a reason because he comes forward and he wants to knock everybody out. Um, I, I'm going to favor anyway for the, to, to win this fight. I think McDonald, McDonald's definitely a taller fighter. Um, but I, I don't think... He will be that much of a, a, a. I don't think he'll be able to win this fight um, due to McDonald's, you know, up forward type of uh, uh, style. You know, he doesn't bend his knees too much, and and he stays straight up to be to be hit with uh, punches with his chin out. Um, I think in a way we'll be able to find McDonald's body pretty well. I think he'll systematically break him down. And I'm picking Inoue to win uh, by 10th round TKO in that fight. Um, if he does win this fight, it's um, it's a huge uh, accomplishment for Inoue. You know, he'd be arguably beating he'd be arguably beating the best 118 um, pounder there. So, like I said, if you haven't seen Inoue uh, fight and um, if you're new to him, you know, follow his career because he's just getting started. He's you know gone up to two weight classes already. 
Um, this is a really special, special fighter that he's not getting a lot of the attention that he deserves. Much like Roman Gonzalez wasn't getting a lot of the attention because he wasn't fighting on these big platforms. Um, you know, late he was starting to fight on B and sports, but um, I mean, you know, anything below 122 pounds, you know, these these you know these lower fighters, you know these these guys aren't really showing much on these higher platforms. So um, this is a pretty good chance to, to um, see him fight it and see what he's about and. Like I said, this guy's easily top 10, if not top 5, um, one of the best fighters in the sport right now. Next, uh, The next day on ESPN Plus in Fresno, California, we have a doubleheader um, uh, between Jerwan and Cajas against Jonas Sultan and Khalid Yafai versus David Carmona. Um, I expect Khalid Yafai to win that fight. Um, pretty, uh, pretty easy, relatively easy manner. Um, Ancajas, I think he's going to have his hands full a little bit against Jonas Sultan. And, um, you know, I, I, Jonas Sultan is, is, is a warrior. He's, you know, he's not, you know, I've seen video of him too. He's not going to uh, back down against Ancajas. And, you know, this is going to be a pretty entertaining fight if, if I had to, um, um, if I had to guess. So, you know, these are two good back-to-back -back ESPN Plus cards, you know, um, they're in the lower weight classes and, and you know, the junior bantamweight, um, and in the bantamweight division, you know, unfortunately for, for Inouye, he, he did move up though. I would have loved to see him stick around, um, to fight guys like Ankaha, San Estrada, um, and Srisaket Sarungvasai, but it just seemed that he, he, it just seemed like he didn't have anybody willing to fight him at 115 and, and. It's one of the reasons why he went up to 118. Hopefully, he'll be he'll be willing to move back down if if he's able to find um, a credible opponent at 115. Um, I'm not sure what his team would be willing to do at that point, but um, it it just seemed like it was just too it was just too much of a shame for me to see him move up so so soon uh, due to how many you know really good fighters are there at, at 115 pounds. All right, so those are the the two fights coming up over the weekend. Um, so last week, um, in the eighth episode of the podcast, I started talking about Eddie Hearn's deal uh, of the zone, um, and since then, it, it's looking like he's made some some type of offers to some fighters that's already on the PBC side. Um, it looked like he's tried to give he's tried to give an option to Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Which is, um, you know, if, if, if you're looking at, you know, this supposedly, um, you know, stable in the United States that Eddie Hearn wants to get. And he's, you know, he's picking Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., um, you know, whose last fight against Canelo Alvarez, he looked, you know, just he did not like he didn't belong there at all. You know, completely, you know, different fighter from when he used to be under top rank um, and just just lazy, doesn't want to make weight, um, and just did not show up at all against Canelo Alvarez. Uh, he made Chavez Jr. an offer. Uh, yesterday, he uh, apparently had made Adrian Broner an offer, um, which um, a three-fight offer, it, it looked like, for, for 12 months. Um, you know, each average, each fight, you know, guaranteeing him about $2 million, $2.25 million, and $2.5 million. For those three fights, uh, which on paper, 
would be his highest you know payday for guaranteed purses. Uh, he went to Instagram to basically shut him down and call those offers slave wages. Uh, so, you know, it, it, and, and it, it's looking like Jamar, the, the, the Charlo brothers have shown, actually have shown interest in Eddie Hearn's um, offer and are thinking about taking the offer as well. They said they had to talk to Al Heyman about it to see if it was the right move to do. Um... This this platform, this um, streaming platform, the zone isn't supposed to be coming out until late June, when it's supposed to be announced on on how much it's going to be priced here in the United States. I heard it's priced already somewhere in Canada, like around twenty dollars a month. Um, but that's also because they also get different sports uh, rights as well too. Um, so it, it all depends on what you know their you know what their Price point is going to be here in the United States, um, but if it's any if it's going to be anything near twenty dollars, it's probably going to be a hard sell for people in the United States who already have to pay uh, ten dollars a month, you know, twelve dollars uh, a month for Showtime, you know, fifteen to seventeen dollars a month for HBO, and now people buying ESPN Plus five dollars a month. Um, it's going to be a hard sell for the first couple years for Eddie Hearn, and you know, it might be too hard for him to start getting some of these. Um, uh, you know these these Al Heyman guys. Um, a lot of these Al Heyman guys look very 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 loyal to you know to P to the PBC and to to Showtime and to Heyman. So you know Eddie Hearn is gonna have to you know dig in and and throw a lot of money to them. And you know I, I don't know if Adrian Broner is a good example to this because <laughs> prior to this Broner did you know um decline of a, a fight offer to uh to fight Manny Pacquiao a 4 million dollar fight offer to fight Manny Pacquiao um that top rank offer he declined that he also declined like a fight i think a fight a 5 year 40 million dollar deal with Rock Nation or what it was um so i'm not sure it's completely fair to judge this whole situation with Hernan and and trying to get some of these fighters from PBC based on what we've seen from Adrian Broner. Um, but one thing for sure is it, it does look like, you know, um, he's going to have a hard time getting some of these guys to jump ship. You know, Showtime has a really good thing going on here with um, with Al Heyman and, and, and giving us really good cards. Um, I had tweeted out earlier uh, a couple days ago, and I said I think the only main event that wasn't really that great was uh, Danny Garcia against Brandon Rios. Um, the rest of the cards on Showtime through May has been very good. Um, they've been pretty deep as well, you know, considering the type of stable that Al Heyman has with, with, with the fighters. So if these guys aren't, you know, aren't necessarily pushed by money to, um, you know, to want to fight more, and if, if they're happy with the wages that they're getting now from Al Heyman, um, it could be a first. It could be a, a tough couple years so far for or for for uh, Eddie Hearn to try to assemble a, a a big stable that you know he'll need about 16 shows to to fill um, each year for his new platform uh, and his new big uh, uh, budget uh, platform with the Zone. So. It's going to be interesting to see to to point out and to see 
what type of fighters contact him in the next few uh, months and what type of fighters he's going to get. Uh, like I said, it, it's going to be really tough to, you know, take away some of the Heyman fighters when a lot of them seem extremely loyal to him for what they've done, uh, to what he's done to, you know, to those guys. Um, Alright, so that's going to be it for this episode. Um, I'm not sure if, I don't think I'm going to have an episode next week. Um, next week, next weekend, there aren't going to be any big shows coming up. So I think after next weekend, uh, the Monday or Tuesday after next weekend, I'll, um, I'll review some of these fights, uh, that are happening this weekend and I'll start previewing some of the fights that are going to happen, um, uh, the week of, uh, June 9th. Uh, you got Jeff Horn and Terrence Crawford in Las Vegas and you have Leo Santa Cruz and Adler Mars and in uh in los angeles uh so until then uh thanks for listening guys